Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you in fashion? fashion? Fashion. Did you see what she's wearing? The tall shoes. I'm Sonia Sly. My heels are killing me. Um, but I was told I have a backstage pass. You will need to get the right pass to get behind me. Pam. Look, I'm I need sorry. to go. Code red, code red, code we have a situation. I'm taking you inside the fashion industry to discuss trends, the reality behind the glamour, and the highs and lows of a fast-paced industry that never stops. What's one of the silliest or, you know, kind of like most embarrassing outfits or items of clothing or even pair of shoes that you've ever owned? <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a few, I guess, hey? Like, when you look back at shoes. No, we like shoes because I, I love shoes. Auckland designer Catherine Wilson is big on shoes, and she's made her footprint in the industry through her eponymous label. Um, you know, probably just remembering that Spice Girls kind of era where I was working in shoes and retail. So I would buy, like, the big extreme kind of moon boots, and the, they were really quite 70s, I guess, like some of the shapes and platforms and good for dress-up parties now, but not so much what we'd wear. <laughs> From Catherine's studio, the light streams through the window. There are pairs of shoes lining the front of her desk and on shelves behind her, along with mood boards and inspiration. But before we get down to business, the first question I have to ask Catherine... Where did it start? Well, I was an 80s baby in Papakura. Um, I grew up as the youngest of three girls, and we would go to Para Rubber and get Commando M's and... I um, remember those. Kung Fu shoes, yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> and yeah. decorate them with fluff-up pens and puff paint and things. But I would go one step further, cut the sides out, turn them into slingbacks, um, you know, cut the open toe. Mum would be like, Catherine, they're brand-new shoes. But I don't think I was destined to be a shoe designer as such at that age. It was more that I was probably a creative child and just enjoyed having something different. So as that developed... Did your friends think when you did that to your shoes that it was kind of weird? No, I don't don't know, but I kept a lot of them. I always just liked to have something different. So the thought of customising, you know, something you can wear was really exciting to me. At school I was good at art and, um, if I'm honest, not much else, maths. And so my mum encouraged me to do something that I loved. You know, in terms of tertiary education, it was really following my heart but also following my skill set so I knew I would get good grades and creative subjects so it kind of went from there um and my first job after school was at a shoe store so I was really just by that point determined to be New Zealand's next name in shoes. Really? I mean what what was being stocked around the time you know New Zealand I don't know like 15 20 years ago the market was so limited here what am I now? 37, I'll be, yeah. Um, I was 20 when I left university and I went to work for Pirelli Brothers, Andrebiani, um, in the factory out in New Lynn and in the stores. And so, I mean, there was plenty of things on the market and there still are. And not to say that they don't do a good job. I think I, I saw a gap in the market for more of a niche, um, limited edition. Like I wanted to wear shoes that not everyone else at the party had on and colourful innovative design where it's just something different so often our silhouettes are reasonably 
classic, um, but we're having a bit of fun with the upper and changing, you know, embellishment or embroidery. Or, um, but it's all kind of handwork because all our shoes are handmade. It wasn't that there weren't great shoes available in New Zealand. I just always found at my age, I think I was 22 when I started, I wanted to be able to afford cool, fun, colourful, playful shoes that not everyone else was wearing. I mean, I guess it would have been boutique stores like Zambezi that would like import very high-end oh, totally. international designer shoes. Yeah. Or there was, you know, like just, I guess, mass-manufactured shoes. There's a lot of verticals who have been successful for many years in New Zealand. Andre Rihanna being one, my Piaggi family, um, Overland, Kumps and um, David Alman and Molly Ann and, you know, That's like right, Mini yeah. Cooper. There's some really fun New Zealand brands, but... Again, I just wanted something that was much more on a boutique level and um, more design-based. And yes, you could get the international brands through that beautiful shoe store Maymay, stores like Runway or Scarpa. But again, just having a New Zealand-based design has been really important to me so that I'm really always thinking about the New Zealand consumer and what she wants, being one myself. You yeah. know? So how hard was it to actually get the brand off the ground? And how long ago was that now? Well, I launched the brand in 2003. It's 14 years now, coming up 15 next year, which is crazy to think back. You know, obviously you're just always head down going, so you never think about too much um, how long it's been. But, yeah, I guess it was it was a little scary, but I was 22, 23, so I was super naive and a beautiful way of just being passionate and gung-ho and thinking what's the worst that can happen you know, give it a go. So it was... Um, Do you remember how much money you had in the bank at the time? And oh, well... Holding oh funds, <laughs> you know, the crucial elements. Yeah, I mean, I think you could tell that story the whole way along because there's milestones in business where you need a certain amount of, you know, capital to open stores or to start... We wholesale for nine years as a model and then started retailing our own um, stores. So that was a really big, scary time where we were like, how much cash have we got in the bank to do this, you know? There's been things that have gone wrong over the years with shipping and logistics and freight, and we've had to remake whole orders and air freight things in because customs wouldn't let a delivery come in because of a container not being fumigated to their standards and that kind of thing. So the cash flow has really been key, which could have been a big stumbling block over the years. But, yeah, we started really slowly, seven styles into seven stores and really tight, and that kind of organic growth. I had a full-time job at the same time, so... If the shoe thing didn't work, it wasn't the be-all, end-all because I, you know, wasn't necessarily throwing everything into it until I was working full-time on the shoes, which was many years later, five years in or so. I guess, you know, the time you came out was probably quite a crucial time, was it, do you think? Well, it feels like at that time I was one of many. There was 27 names, Juliet Hogan, um, Adrian Howard, our heroes of industry, you know, Kate Sylvester, Zambezi, World and Helen Cherry, they're still going really strong. And obviously they're, they're now probably, you know, I know Zambezi's coming into 30 years kind of thing. So it's really inspirational to have that base of New Zealand design being so well respected on a global stage. I think our next kind of push, yes, there was a, a little family of us that were all going to Australian Fashion Week together and would all share, not hotel rooms, but on the same floor. And so the Australian buyers would come and see all us as a New Zealand kind of group. That worked really well for me at that time, and this is probably, again, 2005, 2006. Since then, it hasn't really happened again, I don't think. Like, in my opinion, Sharon 22, Mary Bevan, who represents us, has a really great family of New Zealand brands. We all came up at the same time. Probably, yeah. And then the next surge, I'm sure he would 
have a lot more to say about it. There is a new surge and there's a new kind of talent coming through, but it's only just in the last couple of years, whereas there was a bit of a hiatus. Now, if you've heard other podcasts from the series, then you'll know that running a successful business and surviving in the fashion industry requires plenty of passion. You know, that's a small business, you're hands-on, you do everything. And all of us here, we're a tight team. You have to love what you do, otherwise it probably would become quite tiresome. Because <laughs> there's always a lot happening. What have been some of the like the highlights and some of the really kind of like low times that you've kind of seen over that sort of 10 15 years. So many, because that's why you keep going, isn't it? You know, yeah. all the good things that you kind of high-five yourself along the way. I mean, a special kind of warm fuzzies for me was meeting Jimmy Chu in Malaysia, um, judging a student competition for New Zealand Malaysian students. And I was so excited because I was invited up and I kept, I was staying at the New Zealand house and kept saying to the consulate's wife, like, you know, am I actually going to meet Jimmy Choo? Imagine if I met Jimmy Choo, it would be so She said, yes, Catherine, that's what you're going up for. You know, like they were kind of like, yes, yes, yes. And then when I finally got up there and I was introduced by Stephen Joyce, who was our foreign minister at the time, as New Zealand's best shoe designer, and Jimmy said to me, yes, congratulations, I've seen your website, it's really fantastic. And, and I was just so nervous to meet him that I came out with this blubbering mess of words. Always away. Oh my goodness, I was so embarrassed, and I just said, oh, you know, Jimmy, I, I was so nervous to meet you, I had a dream last night that I fell over in front of you, and, and all these words came out, and I just instantly regretted it. But he just burst into the biggest smile and opened his arms and said, but I would catch you. I know. I love that. Warm fuzzy with Jimmy Choo, um, which led to a friendship, you could say. We invited him down to New Zealand two years ago now to celebrate an event for Catherine Wilson and Remix magazine around the celebration of shoes and the love of shoes. So, I mean, that was a crazy thing to do when we asked him to come. We couldn't believe he said yes, and then we were incredibly nervous. Like, how are we going <laughs> to How are we gonna impress Jimmy Choo? There's a photo in our office there on the wall. We hung uh, hundreds of pairs of our heels off 10,000 metres of ribbon and a nine-metre rigging circular chandelier in the ceiling. So it was a really special, fun event. And again... Yeah, a real great celebration for us as a New Zealand brand. What did you learn from him? I mean, did he share any of his secrets with you? Yeah, well, I actually got to spend three or four days with him. Um, When he was here, we went fishing one day out towards Waiheke, and I took him for a smoothie and and literally French fries next door at DJ Voice. Um, He came to every one of my stores to visit and meet the staff, which was so lovely. He was about the art of making a handmade shoe, so... Again, just the messaging around it being a craft and not just mass manufacturing and putting your name on anything. A lot of brands can, at the moment, access product and and have it that way that you're not necessarily in the hands-on design part, whereas he's a true artist. So it was really neat to be able to be, I guess, inspired again by that messaging because that's exactly why we're in it in the first place. A lot of um, designers have a team of designers working for them. Is it just you solely, you know, designing each collection? So Julia Ford has been here six years now and she's she works um, on the design with me, mostly on the Miss Wilson, but we actually end up doing both of the collections together. So it's a really cool collaboration in that sense because you bring your own ideas to the party each season and we tend to agree or you know like we'll have different thoughts on things but that's for the best reasons it's good to have someone to bounce ideas off isn't it really yeah and of course because julia has been with us now for that amount of time she completely understands the brand the customer the process she's obviously researched what you know what sells well and what's worked and how long does the design process take for you because are you also working ahead like a couple of seasons like other you know clothing designers yeah so we've just sold our winter 18 collection which will be in store in february and we're about to start designing next 
this week, uh, summer 18. So that'll be in store next August, this time next year. Do you look to trends on, on Instagram and, and sort of pick up ideas, you know, whether or not it's like that you're looking at a runway show and there are colours that inspire you? Or? Yeah, sure. But because you're that far out, there's no point. It's not something that we go mad on looking at inspiration from other designers because if there's a shape or a silhouette we like, we might nod it or a colour palette or something, but there's no... The whole point is to be offering something different in the market to what's already out there. And I think a lot of those bigger international brands now are being looked at for influence so quickly that, you know, the turnaround is six weeks, really, that there's a version of it in a, dare I say, knockoff in our local market. So um, there's absolutely no point in us trying to be any part of that. And, of course, I wouldn't want to because the whole point is to have our own design. But, yes, it is important for colour probably I mean a lot of our customers are they travel a lot they want to be able to have a fresh product that relates to international trends Like many designers Catherine cites film travel and music as sources of inspiration but as a tactile person she also looks to trend forecasting books that are filled with beautiful images spanning anything from nature to art handcrafting textiles colours and objects I actually still love thumbing through a magazine, you know, so all the Collisiones are the trend prediction um, package kind of publications which come out of Europe for colour palettes for five years ahead. Those are like um, trend Bibles, aren't they? Mm. Like, Are they expensive to buy? Very. I mean, I actually just love them because I love to have them. I love to like flick through them and have them and I actually call them art, you know. So whether we use them as a reference to do something like what they've done, it's not often the case. We used to kind of trail the streets of Harajuku in Japan to look at what people wore, whereas now there's, you know, websites dedicated to what people are wearing on the streets. And when it comes to manufacturing, Catherine works with the best in the industry. For a pair that will endure, leather is her ultimate choice with playful details that are part of the Catherine Wilson signature. We've done a lot of pebble calf this summer, which is more of a textured kind of grain on the calf. And our customers have really loved that because it's super soft on the foot, but it just gives that you know, have a little bit of texture to wear. And again, we've done a lot of embroidery onto our sneakers and heels this season, and that's probably more of a signature kind of stamp, so customers recognise that's in our collection. We do textiles as well, and we'll source them here in New Zealand and then send them up to our manufacturers. So we make, at the moment, in Italy, um, Spain, Brazil, and China, and Turkey, and they're all good at different things. But when we often use materials as such, like a textile, we'll send it from here so that we know that we're the only one that's got it kind of thing, so you can control that. Is it hard to sell shoes in this climate? I mean, I don't think you can worry about it too much because if they love them, they love them. I mean, our shoes, to be honest, sell themselves. We've got a lot of really loyal people to our brand because they love the comfort factor. They know they're going to feel amazing on. They know they're going to last 10 years. We really just have fun making shoes that we love. The people that come in the stores already love the brand. They already love the colour. They already want the shoe. So a lot of it is for us based around, you know, the customer experience and, and telling them the story of where they're made. And all our shoes are handmade and limited edition. And What do you see as being the most challenging aspect of running a shoe accessories business now well like anything you could worry about the HR side of it you could worry about the stuff you know like you actually have to staff your stores and you have to train people well you have to all be on the same page but I don't worry about it because it's part of the fun I wouldn't see it as a 
a hard thing. It's probably, I mean, sure, there's been growing pains, and I guess the keeping the culture the same, even though we, we were a wholesale business, we relied on our stockers throughout the country to sell our shoes for us. Now we have our own stores in Auckland, and we still, you know, we have to visit all of those stores to make sure the culture's still there so that when they sell the shoes, it's with the energy and the passion that we have. Hence why we do those shows around the country and even Fashion Week, we invited all of our retailers to sit front row so that they got to kind of, you know, see the shoes come to life and give them personality. Speaking of which, Catherine's creativity in creating brand awareness is also important during New Zealand Fashion Week. Now this year was all about setting the scene, 1960s style. Guests became in-flight passengers and the models were stewardesses dressed in bright orange mini dresses and bobbed wigs, evoking the fun and energy of the Catherine Wilson brand. The air steward thing was just, we were trying to think of a way of, from the moment that they kind of board, you know, from the moment they come in to the room, they are experiencing our brand with the pink and yellow lights and the fun music and, you know, from that moment on, really giving them an all-round experience throughout the show, not just shoes on the catwalk. It helps to have a theme, like an anchor, even though the shoes we showed summer and winter throughout the show. So Now, the more we talk, the more I realise that Catherine evokes what the brand is all about. The collections have your energy. I have to I say, you know, know. Yeah. Oh, totally. And, and you know, like the runway show, you know, it was sort of fun and kind of poppy, and it's exploding with colour and energy, and and that's just yes. like you. I mean, <laughs> you're a ray of sunshine. Oh, that's the biggest compliment you can ever say because that's exactly what we would like people to take away from it. It should feel fun, and you know, our kind of hashtag on Instagram, we love to encourage happy feet. Like literally, when you put our shoes on, you should feel. You know, you can take on anything that day, whether it's a scary doctor's appointment or a like a meeting that you're going to own that board meeting or you need to travel from this city to this city and get a whole lot done. When you wear our shoes, you should be able to do that with pride, chin up and own it. Mm-hmm. Beyonce came to New Zealand a couple of years ago and she got a pair of our shoes for her and her little daughter, Blue. And for me, that was the biggest kind of, like, I guess, warm fuzzy, but also like, wow, that's when, you know, you really made it, like, because the whole point is she could have anything in the world and she loved ours. You know, for me, it is personal because it's got my name on it, but it's also my, you know, my absolute passion. And do you think that's really important too, that, you know, designers in New Zealand stay true to keeping things, you know, onshore as much as possible? Because it is a draw card for anyone coming internationally to want to pick up something that's beautifully made mm. and, you know, from this place. 100%. And I know that as the world's changing and things are becoming more available and things are becoming, I guess, there's that's such a consumer-driven, you know, world, um, we really pride ourselves in making a product that will last. I'm not interested in landfills. You know, it's it's a horrible thought to me about the materialistic side of being in the fashion industry because, of course, it could be seen as unnecessary and a want, not a need, etc. But our shoes truly are made to be in your wardrobe for 10 years, so there's no reason why they shouldn't, you know, see you through that in the sense that the components that are used and how they're made and, and how they're worn. So... Absolutely, I think it should be celebrated to make high quality products own less but own beautiful things. New Zealand has a big part to play in that because we're known on a global stage to be that high quality everything wine, cheese, meat, fashion, you know, it's great. That was Catherine Wilson, and you've been listening to My Heels Are Killing Me, presented and produced by me, Sonia Sly, and engineered by William Saunders. <laughs>
We'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher or the RNZ app. And if you're looking for other great podcasts, head to the RNZ series and podcast page where you might like to try the latest episodes of Black Sheep or even Great Ideas. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.